Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. We're all looking for ways to save, especially on medical bills. But where do you start? Unless you're a medical bill expert, finding savings can seem impossible. Well, HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance and flags errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. So start saving with knowing where to look. Visit HealthLock.com today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average. Plus, it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Well, in August, the L.A. City Council voted to ban homeless encampments within 500 feet of schools. Well, it's well past August. Why do we have a problem in Koreatown at a middle school which is plagued with a homeless encampment that borders the school's campus? That's what we're going to be talking about. It's called Virgil Middle School. And the person speaking out about it is the actual principal. I was very frustrated, as, of course, our students and parents. Blake Trolley, KFI News, has uh, more on this story. Blake, welcome. How are you? I'm good, guys. Yeah, you know what's interesting is the principal gave that interview yesterday on TV. I, I reached out this morning to an assistant principal, offered. I was at the campus, and um, I never heard anything back from the principal, but I did hear from parents. I heard from students on this issue. I'm glad you prefaced it, Ken, with the fact that, of course, homeless camps were banned within 500 feet of schools and daycares. These homeless camps are within five inches of this campus. Uh, they border a wall. There's there's a, a big kind of square area where there's this kind of a there's basketball courts, there's volleyball courts. One parent tells me that's where PE classes take place. And just on the other side of that wall on on two sides of the campus, there are homeless camps that are just lining the wall. One camp's a lot bigger than the other camp. Uh, that said, they're both uh, sizable homeless camps. And as you mentioned, the principal did come forward. He said they've had to clear out a field because of fires from the camps. They've had wires cut to their outdoor lighting and so on. He says he's seen city cleanups at the site, but the camps return. I want to go to this clip. This is a mother of a special needs girl who goes to Virgil. Uh, I spoke to her this morning. She says she's got a lot of concerns about these camps and how close they are to campus. 
They had a couple of lockdowns. My daughter told me that um, a couple of times they had to lock the school down for homeless people hopping the gate. So that was a concern too. Gotcha. Yeah, I'll have to uh, ask the school district yes, about that. Lockdown about at least three or four times since she's been to school. Three to four times yes. the school's been locked down. Yes. So um, I'm just hoping that everything be okay. But if it continues, I'm going to have to send her to another school. What? Yeah, so if you continue to see these camps on the other if side I of the wall? See, if I continue to see it, it's gonna, she's going to have to go to another school. Because I don't want any, you know, it's a lot going on right now with these schools. And I think schools should be really following along with their safety for the children to be safe coming to school. Well, the, and the LA City Council did pass yeah, 500 feet well, rule. And, of course, I mean, I would call that still school grounds. That's where yeah, they play. That's yeah. clearly not even close to 500 oh, feet. Man. What do you think the city should do? I think they should crack down on it and get get with it and get the kids so they could be safe. You know, that's about it, you know. Yeah. Okay, and, and do you like that the city council did that? Yes, I do. I'm so happy because, you know, like I say, kids' safety is very important. You know, parents worry about their children, you know, so hopefully everything will be okay. You know? Now, this woman tells me that she's had concerns in the past because homeless people would actually be hanging out near where there's a there's a special drop-off zone for special needs students. She says, you know, multiple times she's been concerned leaving her daughter there because there's homeless people hanging out uh, to this kind of back gate area where uh, special needs students are dropped off. So I'm trying to figure out exactly what's being done. I'm told that enforcement comes down to the discretion of LAPD for this homeless camp. I've reached out to LAPD and I have yet to hear back. The school district says it's made of uh, officials aware of schools where homeless camps are close to campuses. So guys, it sounds like this might not be an isolated situation. Uh, I reached out to Mitch O'Farrell's office. The school lies in his district. And again, uh, they said, uh, you know, enforcement comes down to the LAPD at this point in time. They're just going to, you know, be offering outreach services and and try to get some well, compliance. Well, that's not entirely true because, uh, from what I understand, city council people can put a lot of pressure on LAPD to make something happen in their district. And and you know, there's a lot of behind the scenes uh, relationships that are important here. And if Mitchell Farrell wanted this done, it would be done. In the real I think world. it's a very important question to ask for sure. I mean, because we, yeah, we have seen in the past city council members get more involved with, uh, you know, selective issues in their district. But when I asked if he has any power to remove this, they said that that does come down to LAPD. Well, what I'd like to know is, and it says in the story, Channel 5 was told by his office that services and outreach have been going to this encampment and will continue at least until the end of his term, because by the way, O'Farrell's out of office at the end of this week. He's been replaced on city council. So is that the way they carry out this ordinance? They don't actually have the police go there right away and remove the homeless. They sent out outreach workers, which could take days, weeks, oh, and, or months and, to convince anybody to leave. Is and that the, the homeless way they... just keep saying no. They made it yeah, clear they're, they're not moving. Obviously, a high percentage of them will just keep saying no. Well, they, obviously they have. They've kept saying no all along, so they're not moving. I mean, this should be a no-brainer. You passed an ordinance that they can't be within 500 feet of a school. Well, there you go. In Koreatown, they're too close to the school. Got to move. So the Why? police don't respond? Like, when you when you make one of these calls, who is it you're talking to that doesn't respond? If you're a parent, you mean? Or? No, I'm talking, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to Blake. Oh. Okay, sorry. I'm trying to follow your question. When When you make a call to LAPD on a case like this, and you said they didn't respond, who is it that's not responding? Well, yes. Yeah, so I called LAPD and then, you know, they, they had me email their media line to try to get an answer on this because I wanted to know what was happening about this is, you know, is this a, a an issue of not is, is it have they not been called out there or, you know, do 
is it that it's not being enforced with a lot of, uh, I guess you could say with a lot of hammer. And uh, I have not heard back from them. And, th- and these are the questions I'm trying to get answered. You know, is anybody even calling you guys out there? Or is this an issue where it's not being enforced enough? And, you know, as the principal alluded to, these camps get cleared out and then the homeless people return. Well, the clear so again, a lot of questions on my end as far as yeah. what's actually happening as well, guys. The clear outs, because I've seen this in my own, in my own town, end up being made duty. Right, the city comes or the police come, and they just clean up all the garbage. And then everybody comes right back, right? Right. An hour it, later. It's just right. like it's like uh, if you have a maid service and you leave the house for a couple hours, and then they do all the cleaning of the bathroom and the kitchen, and then you come back in later in the day, and everything's perfect. That's what this is. It's the city provides maid service for this crowd. Well, I I think it's remarkable that the principal of this school had to go to the media to call attention to this. He said that they've had to clear the field because of, of fires. Wires have been cut to their outdoor lighting, and kids can't even get by on the sidewalks to and from school. Oh, Blake, talk about that. Uh, what What is the access yeah, like for the kids? I, well, I was, well, you know, it's it's interesting because I, you know, I saw kids were entering from the other side, right? I mean, I didn't even really see parents attempting to enter from the side where there was an encampment, but there is a construction site just across the street. And this morning when I pulled in to cover the story, um, the construction workers were like walking in the middle of the road to get to the construction site because, again, this big sidewalk is just so blocked. Right. I mean, there's there's no getting through. And, and, and you know, John, I totally think that, the, you know, I agree. The big question here is, is this being enforced enough? I mean, that's really the question I think we're all asking if these things are just coming right back. And what? in this case, it's not just affecting a school. It's clearly affecting a, a construction site where people are trying to get to uh, get to their jobs. What is your estimate of the size of this in terms of tents or people? Do you have any idea? Um, I would say that the first, in, so there's two encampments, right? Because they're, they, they're on two different walls that line these uh, these basketball courts. The first one, I would say, probably has, I don't know, somewhere between, I'm going to estimate 15 to 20 tents. The other one probably has five to 10, somewhere in there. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at one picture of it, dude. <laughs> but it is awful. All right, Blake, thank you so much for your coverage. Appreciate it. All right, thanks, guys. All right, Blake Trolley, KFI News, who went to this middle school in Koreatown, which is plagued by a homeless campment, as you heard Blake say, within inches of the school property. The L.A. City Ordinance passed in Oregon in August yeah. says you cannot be within 500 feet so of these schools. I want to crack this merry-go-round. So oh. Mitch O'Farrell's uh, the, the bunch of feeble uh, fools in his office, they pointed LAPD. LAPD just doesn't respond. All right, that's not going to be it. I want to know what's wrong with with LAPD. Who is the officer in charge in that district who can give the go-ahead to go and clean this up? Not that just clean it up. Have all these creeps, weirdos, drug addicts, mental patients, criminals, sex molesters, who can have them removed from the area? Well, they, sometimes it has to involve the Department of Sanitation, too, because they have to go yeah. and clear up all the debris. Well, okay. But, I mean, this is this is what a city is supposed to do. You, somebody uh, gets up in the morning and says, oh, calls up sanitation and say, I need a crew at such and such street at 9 o'clock. I need LAPD to enforce this. And uh, let's get the social workers there uh, for anybody who wants to find a home. But there's no – I mean, I saw this work. With my own two eyes, the day that uh, Villanueva got the homeless encampment cleared in front of the Veterans Center on San Vicente Boulevard on the west side, I watched it for a while. I took video of it for a while. When you actually do the work, it goes fast. 
You know, the police are there, the social workers are there, the sanitation people are there. They have a truck, and the truck is going beep, 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 beep as it's backing up, and the guys are throwing all kinds of furnishings and tents and garbage and things in there. It's a machine. It's like it's like cleaning up a construction site. When the, when the construction is over, here comes the cleanup crew, and they get it done no. in a matter of hours. Because that was a sheriff in a wave of project. What we have here is LAPD with a weak chief, a weak school district, and their approach instead is, let's just go and talk to the people and see if we can't get them to uh, so, relocate. So is Mike, I don't care if that takes a year. So is the police chief Michael Moore, is he waiting for the day that a little girl gets raped by one of these creepy homeless people? Sooner or, or later, something's going to happen or, with or, one or, of them. Like or, they've, been, they've already been climbing the fences. Yeah, they're climbing the fences. What do you think they're going for? And they're whacked out on meth. Their brains are damaged. They're whacked out on fentanyl. And they're climbing the fences, and they're going to leap over. And if uh, they have some kind of weird sexual surge, a little girl, a little boy is going to get something horrific happen to them. I, I mean, I, I don't understand. What is Michael Moore waiting for? Right, right, by, by the way, when Karen Bass takes over on Monday? Oh, state of emergency. State of emergency. This is the first place she ought to go. Yeah, this is an emergency for these poor kids. If she cares. I mean, you got to figure if the principal goes to the media, you know he's frustrated. But and let that's me, what he did. Let me tell you this. Every day. We're, you know what? In fact, we're going to have to build a new desk, I think. Every oh. day. What did Karen Bass do today? <laughs> we get her scheduled clean every up day? Homelessness. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, you know what? Maybe we'll have people send in all the schools and all the intersections and all the uh, bridge overpasses where disgusting things are going on. And we'll say, gee, did Karen Bass take care of the uh, Virgil Middle School today in Koreatown? Oh, no, she didn't. All right, we got more coming up. John and Ken, KFI AM 640. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Well, speaking of the inept L.A. City government, there's been a couple of developments with the L.A. City Council. Yesterday, we enjoyed the story that the protesters, who we do not support, they, of course, want uh, Kevin DeLeon and the rest to resign. From the council. It's really just Kevin DeLeon because Cidio's done this week and the other woman, uh, she already, Nuri Martinez, already resigned. So they, they were shining mirrors into the faces of the, mm-hmm. of the council members up on the stand up there in the speaker's area. That was and a they good got one. Very upset. But yeah, I like that one. I was like, what's next? Spitballs? I'm what enjo- else you got? I'm enjoying the theater. <laughs> and did it burn them? You know how it can burn insects when you put oh. glare? <laughs> no, I think if you redirect sunlight at them. Well, there's developments this afternoon dealing with two of the council members. The recall petition against Kevin DeLeon was approved by the Los Angeles City Clerk. So they can begin collecting signatures. Good Lord, go ahead and do it. And uh, that's one way to remove him. And really the only way that, uh, that the only path possible here. Uh, they must collect 20,437 signatures from registered voters from his council district by March 31st. Five residents uh, filed the petition. One of them is Pauline Atkins, who has tried this twice before. And I believe her issue then was the homeless. I think it was. We tried to get her on the show to no avail. But uh, she picked up on this scandal to try another time. And I guess she got a few other people. You just have to have a petition where five people sign off on it to submit. And that's the easy part. The tough part is actually collecting the signatures. That is a lot of work and you need a lot of money. So I don't know where she's getting the financing from. And you probably have a lot of people in that council district. It's a smaller geographic area you have to cover. I mean, are the the activist groups, uh, uh, you know, because they've built a lot of money from their donors, are they really into this to the point where they'll they'll donate? 
Oh, no, they'd still rather go in the council chambers and shine mirrors oh, in I, people's well, faces. Well, those people and are camp clowns. out at Dillion's uh, yeah. non-residential home. I'm, I'm, I, those people are just hired clowns. What, They're but, worthless. But, yeah. but, I mean, the, the people who run, you know, like Black Lives Matter, who, who has the $90 million bank account? Are they going to be willing to uh, spend serious money? Well, we find recalled. out something that you've talked about before. Maybe uh, a lot of constituents uh, like him. And they don't find this to be a big scandal. I would imagine. Maybe they're not going to sign the petition. They have been voting for him for many years. He was in the legislature for a long time. Yeah. You know, he, he ran for governor. He ran for mayor. I mean, he, you know, they're used to seeing DeLeon on the ballot. And by now, if they didn't want him, he would have been long gone. Nuri Martinez was the worst of those recordings. You know, DeLeon, you can make a case that uh, he was out of line, but not like she was. So they may take that attitude, too, and just say, huh. Yeah, there yeah. really wasn't much on DeLeon on that tape. Martinez, you can clearly remember the stuff it was she my, was a bit of him laughing and kind of nodding, and I guess he told yeah. a couple of short stories. That we, were... which, which I object to now. It's, it's like suddenly now you're in a private meeting, somebody's uh, telling uh, uh, an off-color joke in some way, and you're required now to stand up righteously and denounce the other person? Say, Get out of here. What kind of fascist state is that? I'm sorry you laughed. You have now, to. You have to be removed from office for laughing. The other development is going to make you angry. The Los Angeles City Council voted today to reinstate the salary of Mark Ridley Thomas, the indicted <laughs> council member. Oh, you laughed instead of got angry. Sometimes it's so absurd. <laughs> he has been stripped of his duties for nearly fourteen months. He will receive nearly gonna- two hundred and sixty-five thousand dollars in city pay. Much of it in back wages, another $99,500 for his lawyers. Really? For his lawyers? Or is that the lawyers that tried to get his pay, not the lawyers on his uh, case um, where he was indicted for corruption? Well, he's, in, well, he's, he's indicted for corruption uh, as a county supervisor. So it's. But they removed him from the city council. I know. I'm trying to figure out the. the, the, the because you never know. It's like, do, do uh, government bodies pay when they're representatives are being indicted are we somehow on the hook for their lawyer fees i think or, or this did, might have more to do with his lawyer fees and fighting to get his salary because or, he's been gone 14 months and he's been fighting this since that time so he probably hired lawyers to make his case to get his money what, what was the i think vo- that's what it what is what was the number of, uh, of votes on that does it say 10 to 1 10 to 1 then why did they take the money away from him to begin with only mitch o'farrell opposed it mitch yeah, you're right. Why did they remove him without pay if they voted to give him the money back? Uh, Why even bother with this? Uh, oh, they're so corrupt. You see, that that is a disgustingly corrupt body. They're paying Mark Ridley Thomas his salary, and they're paying his lawyers. And oh, they're paying God's his sake. replacement. He's been replaced on the council. It's like a non-voting seat, Heather Hutt. Yeah. She's being paid, too. Yeah, um, she's doing all the uh, grunt work now. Right. So she gets a salary, too. So that's nice. Uh, that that's that's hard. Now see, now I'm mad. Well, there we I go. I knew you'd eventually get around I, to being I, mad. I, 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 I went full. I'm getting I'm getting bipolar or something. I don't know. He will I'm not, not laughing and getting angry at the same time. His trial is set for March. So if he's actually convicted, well, then that would be a reason to remove him. But they're gonna have to pay him at least till the trial's over and there's a verdict. And uh, so is the dean at USC that he uh, was sending the bribes to? Is she gonna testify against him? That's what we expect. Yeah. I got to believe it because uh, that way she can get more lenient treatment in her sentencing. That's usually what you do.
Yeah. Um, Wonder what kind yeah, of jury he sued. He sued, and this was a settlement that the council approved today, a legal settlement to get this done with, so he continues to get paid. Council members earn more than $229,000 a year, just so you know. He claims he's not been able to get any outside work, so that's why he wanted his salary while he's off the council pending this corruption case. All right, more coming up on the John and Ken Show, KFI AM640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. The Moist Line is coming back around day after tomorrow, Friday, 5 o'clock. Leave a message anytime. Use the iHeartRadio app. You can use the talkback feature, which is represented by the microphone icon. Or, of course, you can call the toll-free number, 1-877-MOIST-86, 1-877-664-7886. Well, we'll see what we learned today in the investigation to the deaths of those four college students who went to the University of Idaho, killed in an off-campus house in Moscow, Idaho. Be talking to Brian Enton from News Nation. He was on our show uh, last week. He's coming back. He's been there. He's learning stuff on the ground in Idaho. He'll talk to us after the news at four o'clock as parents continue to, and some of them are hiring their own private detectives to look into this because they are frustrated with the nothing. That's coming out of this investigation for young people brutally murdered. Well, guess who made an appearance today? The last time we talked about him, he was Poopy Pants. Who are we talking about, John? Poopy Pants. Putin. Poopy Pants Putin. Putin Putin made an appearance today. uh, State television. He was uh, at a meeting to talk about the war in Ukraine. Come Christmas Eve, December 24th, it'll be 10 months. February 24th was when Russia officially invaded Ukraine and, of course, the expectation of that time was that this could be a brief war because the uh, Russian forces would overwhelm the Ukrainian forces and take the country in no time. <clears throat> well, here we are almost 10 months later, and that is nothing new That's to That's what all the experts said. A lot of them did, and I kind of bought into it. I didn't know. I, I didn't know either. They lined up like over 100,000 troops at the border, and I thought they're going to come in with their tanks and just, uh, you know, Ukrainians would just be overwhelmed. Wow. Can you imagine the experts were wrong again? That's... That's... Military experts, political experts, international diplomatic experts, all wrong. Now, if you thought they'd back down, Putin said today he believes the war in Ukraine is going to be a long process. But he said he's not going to call up more combat troops. Remember back in September, they announced they were grabbing 300,000 more, mostly men, to serve in the military, and thousands of them fled the country. (laughs) They headed over the border Uh, to get away. Do you think there are any young guys left in the country? I, They've either been called up into the service or they fled. I mean, what kind of a guy? Uh, don't you think w- there are patriotic types, though, that would no, like to serve not, and no. defend? Not, uh, not for something garbage garbage like that. Maybe That's, they're buying the propaganda. You're, you're being led to slaughter. I, propaganda doesn't work like it used to in the age of social media. It, it, yeah. it, it, it can't pull it off and brainwash an entire country the way, uh, you know, the U.S. brainwashed uh, everyone about Vietnam in the 60s. Yeah, he tried to make the case once again that this is about anti-Russian movements in Ukraine by mostly Western-backed forces, that they were punishing and persecuting uh, Russians or pro-Russian people in Ukraine. And that's why we had to go there to help them. I know it's nonsense. I mean, they can, they can, anybody can say stuff, but how, how much are people believing? Now, they're afraid to rebel in the streets because then you get kidnapped and dragged off to a gulag. So you can't go by the resistance publicly. But how many people inside their uh, hovels are actually believing this stuff? I would bet it's it's a pretty small number at this point. And dropping every day. Yeah. 
Now, the other side of this story, 10 months later, is to take a look at something else involved. Oh, the mighty sanctions. <laughs> All right. Now, uh, we- how are the sanctions doing? And a detailed story from uh, NPR, not so good. The Russian economy, at least on the surface, uh, looks fairly strong. Uh, forecasters say Russian GDP for 2020 will likely fall, but only about 3.3 to 3.4 percent. Yeah, I know this I knew was a joke because sanctions never work for decades. We've been hearing about it. How are they going to work when they were able to sell anything they wanted to India and China? Which that's is a, what they did, right? Which is on th- the export and import side. That's what they've been doing. That's a third of the world's population. You still have a third of the world as your market. You're not going to go out of business. They are getting imports from China, Belarus, and Turkey, which are not yeah. participating in the sanctions. And on the export side, they're doing quite well, and they're still exporting a lot of natural gas. India is buying a, a ton of oil. Yeah. If only Eric Garcetti was there to convince them not to. That would, yeah. You know what? He does. He could do that. Uh, yeah. It's a shame that he's not gotten that appointment yet. That's right. He's very persuasive. He might have engaged in some uh, diplomatic magic and convinced India not to buy all that cheap oil that Russia's offering them. Russians, Russia's export income has risen by more than 40% yeah. to roughly $120 billion. One of the reasons is inflation. Remember how... Uh, the when, whole world is feeling the effects of inflation, so it's helping them on their export, Dan. But you remember when, by the beginning, Biden was beating his old hairy chest? Uh, I, ca- carrying on about how wonderful the sanctions are. are he literally be. had his shirt off and he, he was had, beating he, his he chest. His sh- yes, he had his shirt off and he was beating that old hairy chest about how these sanctions it. were going to bring them down. Eh, you have to talk tough, right? <laughs> Russia's trade balance looks extremely healthy. The surplus for January to September was $198.4 yeah. billion, $120 billion higher than the same period a year ago. All that happened is our gas prices went through the roof. Uh, the currency appears to be in pretty good shape, too. Yeah. The ruble dropped initially. Wait, what happened to that? We heard about all these complicated uh, financial restrictions that, there were, that were being put on Russia, right? Yeah. And America and Europe and the whole banking system and the whole money uh, transfer system, everything was being locked down. Oh, guess not. Well, they're claiming in this story, though, some of this might be deceiving because the Russian government acted to prop up things like the ruble with some of its uh, policies and that, you know, over the long term, they could still be hurt severely by this. Again, it's only been 10 months, but we knew that. And that's what Biden said too. Well, he beat his chest. He said, sanctions take time. You have to be patient. I don't know. 10 years. (laughs) I I think after 10 months, it's a pretty good uh, time to evaluate. I, mean, I don't care, but, uh, you know, they're the ones who were bragging how great this was, and they got all the nations of the world together to agree to the sanctions, and they didn't do anything. The only, you know what worked? Was us giving away all our military might to Ukraine. That worked. Giving them all the uh, Stinger oh, missiles. Oh, yeah, equipment, right. Yeah, the anti-aircraft missiles, the, the anti-tank missiles. We had to destroy their stuff. We had to have the Ukrainians kill their soldiers. Killing their soldiers worked. Destroying their tanks and their planes worked. All right, we got more coming up. John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. We'll be talking about the Idaho Idaho Student College murders coming up after the news at 4 o'clock. It's such a sad story that the breaking development this afternoon is they're looking for a white Hyundai that may have been in the area of the house where these students were stabbed to death at around that time. 
2011 to 2013 model white Hyundai. Were there uh, no ring cameras in the neighborhood? Maybe that's what picked up this car. We don't, I don't know. I was thinking about that today. It's like, you know, there's video cameras. They think I guess, this house didn't have all that. But yeah, Moscow is not L.A. L.A. Yeah, you can't young go f- people like tech. You'd think they would have had something uh, rigged up or and I don't know. The whole thing about they, they had this gap. They didn't know where the, uh, the the couple was for a few hours. And it turns out they were at, at the frat party the whole time. And I'm thinking... You go to a frat party, there's got to be 17 uh, videos, uh, video phones running all at the same time. I mean, they probably have every square inch, every moment of that frat party recorded. Oh, you mean in case they ran into someone who did them, well, who they, did they, them in later? Yesterday they claimed they didn't know where the couple was for the whole time. That wow. there was this gap for hours long. It's like, what do you mean you don't know where they were? They're at the frat party. I mean, I don't know. I'm, well, they I'm, knew they were at the frat party, but they didn't know they were there that long, as it turned out, I guess. Right. They, that's they had why. A couple of three hours, they were, couldn't find where they were. So I'm saying, with all the pictures and, and videos that, that people take. We'll see what Brian Enton, News Nation, will join us after four o'clock to talk about the latest. Well, we are now going to do on the John and Ken show a happy creature story. And it really is a good story, Deborah Mark, and I think you will enjoy it. Uh, there is an island. It is it is a happy story with happy. a couple of interesting uh, uh, news nuggets attached to it. All right, let's see. Uh, we're going to the South Atlantic Ocean, way off the coast of southwestern Africa, to an island called St. Helena. It's a British territory. Why are we going there? Because we are celebrating, the I believe, the world's oldest creature, 190-year-old Jonathan, a tortoise. Aww. And they know this. Because he, has a birth he was alive. No, the first photograph of a person was taken in 1838. He was alive when that happened. He was actually a gift. Um, they believe he was born in 1832, but he could be older. It's based on the fact that he was fully mature when he was brought to St. Helena uh, in 1882 as a gift to the then governor. There's an old photograph of a fully grown Jonathan grazing on the grass at the governor's residence called Plantation House sometime between 1882 and 1886. What are the odds that a a tortoise would be in one of the first photographs? Uh, And he's still around today. And they can actually prove how old he is. He hangs out with three other giant tortoises named David, Emma, and Fred. Mm. (laughs) But they now believe that he is the world's oldest Chelonian a category that encompasses tortoises, turtles, and terrapins. You think the other tortoises make fun of him? Why? He's blind. Like, Jonathan, you're so old. No. Jeez, you're almost he 200 years old. He loves people, though. He will come up to you. Yeah. In fact, they had a problem because cruise ships would come in, the tourists would get off, and guess what would happen, Deborah Mark? Children would stand on his shell. Oh, no. For, for a photo. Oh, that's, that's terrible. Right. I lived they now limit that. I lived 190 limit, years. I hope they prevent it. Well, they do prevent it, yes. <laughs> One child at a time. Can you imagine? I don't know. This poor guy. Selfies. This poor guy's lived 190 years, and he's got to put up with kids standing on his shell. For a selfie? Is this what I stuck around for? Imagine how slow he is. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he can't really run away. He's blind, no sense of smell, but his uh-huh. hearing is great, and he loves people. Is that according right? According to the government, yes. Oh, he's ahead of his me. His favorite foods, cabbage, cucumbers, carrots, apples, bananas, and lettuce hearts. That's why he is around <laughs> there, for that's so why long. He's there eating you go. So the long. vegan so diet. healthy. Yeah. <laughs> um, here's the part I think you'll really find interesting. In spite of his age... 
Jonathan still has good libido and is seen frequently in mating with Emma and sometimes Fred. What? Emma and Fred? Animals are not particularly gender sensitive. Boy, that is a kinky old tortoise. In fact, in 2017, caretakers discovered during a medical procedure that his mate, Frederica, his mate of nearly 30 years, was actually not a female. (laughs) Well, he is blind. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. He doesn't Uh, know what he's doing. But but eventually there's parts that uh, I I would imagine. uh, Feels good enough to me. Uh, Let's go with it. Uh, he had his first bath just a few years ago at the age of 184. First bath? Jonathan gave, they gave the tortoise a bath. Right. <laughs> the life expectancy generally know. for a tortoise is about 150 years. So this guy really has gone on a remarkably long time. You, and, you uh, know who I saw years ago at the, uh, uh, the, the uh, what's the name of it? The Galapagos Islands. Yes. George. He was a tortoise. And at the time, he was uh, almost 100 years old. And well, then, he's got a way to go to catch Jonathan. Oh, no, but... he, he's, he's dead now. Oh, he's... What did you do to him? He, he died at 102. No, but we, we saw him. <laughs> yeah, not long after the cold belts left. Right? Uh, well, no, it was, it was... Well, it was... Here's a hamburger. It was... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it was disappointing we went there. But then my son and I refused to leave. And uh, we just just uh, toughed it out. We we left. We went back, and we went back. And then finally, he he woke up, and he was coming out. And oh, okay. he, he was he was like a, a national symbol. In do Ecuador. they do they interact with you or look at you or what do they do? Well, he just walks around like a normal t- old tortoise. I mean, doesn't <laughs> do you pet him? <laughs> no, no, he's he's deep back in the uh, enclosure there. You can't. Oh, get he near is him. okay. Because uh, this guy is right there. At, Jonathan's right there on the island. People can walk right up to him. Is that right? Oh, yeah, that's why I said, but they had to give up because tourists started to stand on him. That's why I said that. No, he's not in an enclosure. He just walks around in the grass in this place. Why are people so stupid? I mean, that tortoise is brighter. They want to have pictures and video. That's the word. Of them standing on the tortoise? That's pretty sad. That's something else. All right, coming up next, Brian Enton from News Nation will join us. Of course, he's he's into guys uh, and he doesn't bathe. Been in Hmm. Moscow covering the horrible story of the four college students who were murdered in their sleep. Next, John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. And Deborah Mark live in the 24-hour KFI newsroom. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.
Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information.